0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. It's been more than two years since a majority of people in the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union. Those in favor said they wanted to take back control, but lately it's been just the opposite. The Brexit process is spiraling out of control with no clear plan for just how the country will leave the EU. And despite a last minute extension to the looming March 29th deadline that EU leaders just provided, it's unclear if the United Kingdom can approve a plan that will prevent a chaotic departure. In the meantime, all that uncertainty is having an impact in the country. With me to explain the ongoing, dare I say it, slow-moving train wreck that is Brexit is Isha Nelson. She's an economics and markets reporter for the online business news site Quartz. Hello, Isha. Hello. So since the vote in the summer of 2016, it has been this really bumpy road to get to this point. How has the UK's economy been doing in these past few years?
1: it has been really difficult. There's been so much uncertainty. What we're starting to see is an economic impact already. You know, we haven't had to wait to actually leave the European Union to find out a little bit of what that's going to look like. And the clearest, clearest way that we've seen the economic impact is amongst businesses that have really stopped investing because they don't really know what they should do next.
0: And how does what's happening in the UK compare to how the European Union is doing?
1: Yeah, it's important to remember that at the moment, there is a global economic slowdown. And that's been really pronounced in Europe at the end of last year, that economic slowdown was worse than even expected. But even then, what's happening in the UK does stand out Um, when I talk about business investment All quarters of 2018 saw negative business investment in the UK. That hasn't happened since the 2009 recession. On top of all of that, the UK is dealing with its own situation, which is that it's heading towards this no-deal Brexit that's really concerning companies.
0: So what is the UK's future trade relationship with the EU expected to be?
1: We have really no idea at this stage. All that the agreement that has been laid out talks about is what will happen for a transition period. The talks about the future relationship are still yet to happen. And one of the things that the Brexit negotiations over the past two years have exposed is how complicated everything is. And the idea that in the next year and a half, we'll be able to wrap up a trade deal for the future leaves a lot of people worried because trade deals, I mean, everyone knows this all over the world, take a really long time. They can take up to a decade.
0: If there is a hard Brexit, meaning there's no deal the country just leaves the european union is there a chance that the financial markets could be hit by this like the ability to transfer money to make payments could that be in danger
1: absolutely i um- there's a really complicated situation whereby the EU has this thing called passporting. It allows uh, financial services companies to be regulated in just one country within the EU and then passport those services to other countries. And it basically it's great for the financial services firms because it's very costly to constantly get new regulation. If you compare it to the situation in the US where you have to get a different regulation for every state, it really can slow down innovation at times. In the EU, for all 28 countries, you you can just do it once and you can work anywhere. Now, one of the things that big financial services firms have brought up is the fact that there are all these derivatives contracts and insurance contracts that will run beyond the date of Brexit, and it will become unsure how they will work uh, legally if there is a no deal Brexit and there are no rules. Now, the UK and the EU have worked closely, and even the UK and the US, etc., to kind of come up with ad hoc um, agreements so that it doesn't all collapse on the day if a no-door Brexit is to happen. But it's definitely an example of all those tiny little things that have to be figured out and why a no-door Brexit would be so complicated and why it's likely that a lot of unforeseen things could happen on that.
0: London's been the center for finance in Europe for decades now. How much is that at risk because of Brexit?
1: We just saw a recent report by the consultancy firm EY that said that £1 trillion in assets have already moved out of the UK because financial services are having to implement those plans for no-deal Brexit because it's just days away until the Brexit deadline. So they can't wait to find out what happens. They're having to move already. And financial services is really important to the UK economy, too. It makes about 7% of national output, which is a really huge amount. And there are lots of jobs here, a lot of people really relying on this industry. We haven't seen quite this exodus of jobs from London to other European cities that was expected after referendum. But certainly, jobs in the thousands are moving over, people are having to set up their lives in other European cities. But rather than it all moving to one other city, we're seeing that kind of disperse. Across the continent.
0: What's it like as a, a citizen, like yourself, living there in the UK? I
1: think everyone's really nervous and exhausted by not knowing what's happening. We spend a lot of time now watching MPs gather in Parliament to vote and they disagree and they vote things down kind of repeatedly, but we don't necessarily feel like we're getting that much closer to assurances about what will happen. And as that deadline just kind of ticks forward, makes everyone really nervous. There's a really big petition happening at the moment, people saying they want to revoke Article 50, which is the uh, legislation that says we are going to leave. There's a big march planned in London on Saturday, people voting for a second referendum. I think people are just tired of not knowing what's going to happen next.
0: Leaving the EU will also have an effect on immigration, which is a big part of Brexit. But how important is immigration for economic growth in your country?
1: European migration to the UK has fallen and fallen quite drastically from central and eastern European countries, but risen a lot from non-EU countries, which are the countries that the UK already has total control of its immigration policy for. So it's quite interesting. If Brexit was supposed to be about reducing immigration, we've actually not done it for the countries that we have total control of the immigration policy for. But as you say, immigration is really important to jobs. A lot of e-migrants come over and they work in hospitality and agriculture. And that's really important because not many British workers want to work in those industries. Hospitality really deemed in this country as not kind of being worthy work. Obviously, we know that it is, but there's a big cultural shift that would need to happen in order for British workers to fill in the numbers of jobs that are being lost by people not coming to the UK to do them.
0: I know it's impossible to predict. So I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, It's still unclear how Brexit will happen. And given that, what is your sense of what it will mean for the UK economy and its people in the aftermath?
1: Well, that's a difficult question. (laughs) I will try anyway. um, I think... Brexit has really consumed the minds of the UK, of companies, of people, of government, and it's really taking a lot of energy away from some of the bigger issues that we have in this country too, around schools, around mental health, around jobs, around all sorts of other things that we're not being able to focus on as much. My concern is that while we're all focusing on Brexit, other bits of the UK economy that need attention are going to be left to get worse and worse and worse. And so no matter what happens with Brexit, and if we get through it, we're going to discover that the foundations are looking even more unstable.
0: Isha Nelson is an economics and markets reporter for Quartz. She joined me by Skype. Isha, thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC.